This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to The Narrators. Today's story comes from Denver-based Diné comic Joshua Emerson. The theme of the show was TMI. This is a love story, and it starts with me driving down to Durango to go take my mom off a of life support. It was December, and I left the city late, so it was cold and dark as I was coming in, and I went straight to the ICU. And the doctor there, he was waiting for me, and he told me the same things that he told me earlier that week, you know, that not enough oxygen um, was getting to her brain because there was scarring on her lungs, which is why they had to put her into a medically induced coma. And because she was overweight and diabetic and that she drank and and she smoked, that hospitals weren't willing to take a chance on her, um, that we tried a bunch. And there wasn't really anything more they can do. And I thanked him for his time. And... We had had conversations earlier that year, um, just by chance, uh, about if she would want to be kept on life support. And she had always said the same things, that she didn't want to be a burden on the family, that she would rather be let go um, than anything. And neither of us knew how soon the issue would arise and how important it was that we had that conversation for my mental health. And so I sat down next to her on that cold and dark night. Just prepared myself to follow through on a very difficult decision. I started playing music. I put together a playlist of songs that were her favorite that reminded me of her. Eric Clapton's The Way You Look Tonight. Janet Jackson's Everything. Uh, Apple was on there. When she turned 30, her best friend uh, called into the radio and put on Dancing Queen to dedicate to her for her 30th birthday. It's one of her favorite things. I asked my sister if she wanted to be there, um, and she told me that it'd be really hard for her, and I respected that. um, She'd been really supportive in helping me make the decision to let her go. And I didn't want to put her through anything more. Like, I, I'm i a big brother. I, I, I'll, I'll handle this. I'll handle this. I, I'll shoulder this. But, but as I held her hand, and I felt how lifeless it felt. And just slide by the Goo Goo Dolls in the background. And this woman so full of 
joy and laughter and how lifeless her hand felt, man. I felt alone and I felt abandoned. Why? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why am I making the decision? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop. And I don't know how long I was there. And then after a while, I felt somebody come up after behind me and just give me a hug. And she held me for a second. And I was able to stop. It was one of the ICU nurses, and I never got her name. One of the kindest things someone has ever done for me, and I'll never see him again. It was really more an advertisement on the importance of kindness than anything. But it gave me the courage to get up, go over to the other ICU nurse and lie to her and tell her that I was ready. And the chaplain came down and he, he read her her rights. And, and then the nurse came in and wiped off all the glues and the tapes and took the tubes out, and suddenly there, there she was, my mom again, a little older, a little rough, but there, I could recognize her. And I put the music back on, and held her hand for the last time, and I turned the machine off, and halfway through Dancing Queen, she passed. And. Uh, I uh, got her cremated right away. Uh, put her in a her ashes into a coffee can because she was a big fan of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> we had two memorials. Um, I did the eulogies of both. One was on the res in Vanderwagen, New Mexico. The other was in Durango, Colorado. And my dad, he came to the one in Vanderwagen. And my dad, he actually lost his mother early on in life, and he did his mom's eulogy too. And as I came down um, off stage from giving the eulogy, he whispered in my ear, he's like, your horse was better than mine. Which is such a weird thing to be competitive about, you know? <laughs> and what's even more fucked up is that I was proud of it. I'm still very proud of it. Some people remember when they beat their dad at basketball. Nah, motherfuckers. I remember when my dad told me my eulogy about my dead mom was better than his eulogy about his dead mom. I still bring it up at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I cut my hair uh, and then I went back to Denver and uh, tried to live in this world post Rota Skeet. Um, at the time, I was in finance, um, working at a CDFI that specialized in affordable housing. Um, when my mom passed, it was December 2019, I was at the tail end of a post-grad internship in credit. Um, and then in February 2020, uh, I got hired on full-time uh, in the asset management department. And in March 2020, uh, this is fucking COVID, <laughs> which was tough because I was fucking carpentalizing fucking everything, dude. And that stay-at-home order just fucking <laughs> blew that shit up. And, <laughs> um, and then May 20 happened. May 2020, and that's a George Floyd protest, which I peacefully participated in, but was still tear gassed and uh, shot with a rubber bullet. 
And then October 2020, I was fired. Uh, a week after, I shared with a group that I'd been diagnosed bipolar. And uh, all of a sudden, I was mentally ill, unemployed, dead mom, and just felt like a failure. And uh, for whatever reason, I was dating during all this. What the fuck? I am so sorry. <laughs> there are so many girls I need to apologize to. I wasn't ready, dog. <laughs> and in March 2021, I matched with this pretty white girl on Hinge. And I was excited. I know I was excited because I kept going back to her profile and zooming in on the background of her photos just to see if I can pick out anything that would help me in this. And we were talking on the app. And way too early on in the conversation, I decided to answer truthfully to a, a question about how I was doing. And then I went into this deep tirade about, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. You know, I put all this fucking energy into, you know, I got my degree in economics and finance. My mom's fucking dead, all right? I'm very sad. <laughs> Sent all that shit off. <laughs> I felt good, and, and then the anxiety starts like, oh, are you fucking dumb, Joshua? <laughs> and then I get a message back, and she says that she's very sorry for my mom passing and that she can empathize because her mom passed when she was 19 and that she'll see my dead mom and raise me a dead dad, um, <laughs> which was so fucking hot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And so we went for a date on Cap Hill uh, at the corner beat. And uh, she uh, got a free muffin from the counter girl because she told her how nervous she was about the date. She said she knew it was going to be special because the transformer outside her house fucking exploded. <laughs> the first time I messaged her, which, you know... I got to pay that electrician at some point. <laughs> and uh, she sat down and I asked her how her day was. And she told me that like when this like long spiel about how she had to go to the pharmacy to pick up this new medication. And she wasn't really sure how it was going to affect her. And she's like so tired of trying new medications and being this guinea pig trying to figure out what type of fucking potions is right for me. And, and then she started just pulling out the different medications she was on, just fucking shaking these pill bottles like maracas, just cha 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 cha. I fucking started salsa dancing, uh, and, and then she stopped, and then you could see in her face just this anxiety pop up that she was oversharing, uh, and I, I saw this woman that was self-possessed and self-aware and had, <laughs> had these unfair things placed in her path. And she was still moving forward through them. And that was so attractive to me. And so we walked around Cheeseman Park twice and talked about mental illness and dead, dead parents and all the things you're not supposed to talk about uh, on a first day. And I walked her home. And she's the first girl I ever kissed uh, goodbye on a first date. And then my friends texted me after 
asked me how the date went, and I just texted back two words, uh, dummy thick. <laughs> and um, we fell in love. We moved in together and still figuring out what mental illness is in our life. But strong partner. We laugh so much, laugh so much. And she's somebody that challenges me and is so supportive. And, and, and something I lost with my mother was this belief that I could do anything in this world. And, and I found it again. And it felt so important. And uh, I'm going to be with her the rest of my life. And I'm going to try and have kids now because um, I'm bipolar. She's bipolar. I'm going to try and have no quadpolar babies. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> No way I could keep up with that kid's Spotify playlist. Nah. -uh. <laughs> so I've been pulling out a lot, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Which is fun. <laughs> but I'm Native American, so I feel bad, you know? Because <laughs> all those little carpet stains, those are potential relatives. And <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is when I pull out and skeet on my girlfriend's back, I'm just looking at a trail of milky tears. And <laughs> And she calls it Colonel Custard's last stand. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> My name's Joshua. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. That's Joshua Emerson, everybody. The Narrators is produced by me, Aaron Rollman, and Ron Doyle, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Our music is by Gabby Gutierrez-Reed and Kevin Matthews. Special thanks to our sponsors, Buntport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, and Great Divide Brewing Company. We're going to take a short summer break, but we will be back with a new season of the podcast in September. In the meantime, check out our archive of past episodes. And if you're in Denver, please join us for one of our live shows, which take place every third Wednesday of the month. For more information, you can click on the link in our show notes or visit our website, thenarrators.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in September. Mm -hmm.